Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Fin Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. Uh, my co-host, Ryan, is uh, super busy working lately, so uh, he's going to take a, a few episodes off. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to keep things rolling, uh, either solo or probably picking up some hosts here and there uh, from the other uh uh, paddle and fin uh, uh, shows. So uh, tonight, though, uh, I'm flying solo, but I do have with me a special guest, Mr. Mark Edwards. So welcome to Bass Fishing for News, Mark. Hey. Mark has been on uh, paddle and fin before on other shows uh, covering some tournaments uh, that he's done, um, but uh, I think this is his first time on the noob segment. So we're super happy to have you on tonight. And um, uh, for those of the listeners who don't quite know you or uh, haven't fought along with some of the uh, kind of tournament scene, uh, why don't you just tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and kind of how you got into fishing and kayak fishing and tournaments. Yeah, I'm um, I'm Mark Edwards, and I'm from Pipes in West Virginia, and I'm a very big competitor. I mean, I've, I've fished a few bass opens as a co-angler, and uh, I've probably fished tournament fish now for 22 23 years and uh, i've been in a kayak this makes my fifth year in a kayak but i'm just really competitive and uh i just love the challenge it's 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 challenging myself a lot of it you know and and that's what drives me you know and where i'm competitive i don't like to lose (laughs) and 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 i just like to catch fish i mean i just like to fish and and plus you get to travel the kayaking is just so much cheaper, more affordable, 
and then um, where you can do these national tournaments, you actually got a chance to, you know, pay for it a little bit, you know, make a little bit of bank. You know. There you go. So uh, um, I know you've you've actually had quite a bit of past success. Do you want to cover any of that? Like uh, some of the, uh, I see a, a, a big check behind you. That's always a good sign. Yeah, so. I finished, uh, I can't remember. I was maybe two years ago at Lake Anna, KBF trail event. Uh, I finished second. And uh, Casey, my friend Casey, he beat me by a half inch. <laughs> Were you guys uh, fishing together? No, no, no. We, we talked before the tournament, but actually Casey, He's from Virginia, and he actually had a uh, his own trail that that uh, you know went along with the KBF. You know they hosted it. Okay. And he didn't sign up for his own trail, and I <laughs> signed up for it, and I happened to win it, and then finished second behind him in the KBF event. Well, that's not a bad uh, little weekend, uh, you know. Worth yeah, that was pretty, pretty good weekend. <laughs> I- then uh, I finished second last year at the Bassmaster Classic at the first Bassmaster Kayak event, which was – it was unreal to be on the stage and just – it was super awesome because I was leading when it went offline and stuff, and we had to wait, like, it seemed two days. I'm not sure how long <laughs> it was before they announced the – you know, when I, I was a little nervous about how far I'd actually drop because I knew the last hour I didn't catch one. But okay. It was just – amazing you know to be at the classic and on the stage you know yeah it's the kind of thing you dream of right and that's yeah kind of why you do year, what you, you do know, they're actually having you know another tournament at the classic but they're calling it the kite classic and uh it's a big payout it's a really really big payout if everybody signs up that qualified looking at fifty thousand dollars so i don't know which you know not everybody's going to sign up but it's still right. going to be a really good payout. And the deal is we have three days of practice, just like the, just a lot like the classic guys, you know, there's an off practice limit. And so it's, it's pretty neat. And it's called Possum Kingdom Lake somewhere in Texas. Okay. I'm really excited. That sounds awesome. I remember it a spring event. I mean, me personally, cause I do well in the spring when the fish move shallow or pre-spawn is probably, you know, is where I've had my most success at anyway, is when they move up. So good I, timing on I, that. I just know what they're doing there. You know, I think I do anyway. Right. Yeah, I think when once uh, our sport starts, uh, you know, kayak angling starts getting up there with the payouts like the big boat guys, you know, it's, it's only going to bring bigger and better things, you know. So, and it's good to see the numbers approaching that kind of territory, you know. Yeah, yeah sure. and the more attention we get, it seems like the like the bass is new, but it seems like it, it also brought a lot of new kayak anglers. You know, they've right. seen it. Um, and that's the same, I think, Hobie, actually. You know, Hobie's, they've been around for a long time, but this is only their second year, really, with the trail, I think, the whole series. And, you know, it seems like every trail this year is having really good turnouts, which is great. Yeah, really I, more opportunity for us, you know, the more trails, more opportunity right. for anglers to cash a check. Right, right, for sure. So uh, definitely everything's trending in the right direction, I think. So it's exciting times for sure. Um, so uh, I know uh, we were, before the show started, before we, <clears throat> before we started recording, we were talking about uh, your Lake Murray 
uh, event that you just kind of uh, finished up not too long ago. And um, you actually did okay there as well. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah, this past weekend was a, a it was a second uh, trail trail weekend of KBF, I guess you would say, because they're having two events every weekend, it seems, like for their schedule. So um, I signed up for Saturday and Sunday. And Saturday, I ended up finishing 14th out of 158. And um, Sunday, I ended up going uh, better, and I got fourth out of uh, 128. Right. So that so, was a real good paycheck, yeah. And a lot of anglers, looking at the results, I, I, I think I remember a lot of anglers, anglers really struggled. You know, some a lot of people blanked. Yeah. So I uh, heard, yeah, that there was like 60 on day one blank. Or something yeah. like that's what I heard. I don't. I ain't look. I I, then, I think I remember hearing the same thing. Yeah, that's a so, lot. That's a whole yeah. lot. Heck yeah, like half the field. So you know that the fishing's tough when that kind of stuff happens. But and for you to you know finish in the money, you know definitely you know is kudos to you. And um, I know you said uh, on Sunday especially, you know you you kind of broke out one specific specific technique to uh, that was kind of working for you and i think that's what we i'd like to cover tonight so um you said that uh you actually caught most of the fish using shaky head right i caught every fish off shaky head actually right. the only thing we got bit on in okay. both days saturday and sunday and like saturday it was nine it was probably nine forty before i got my first bite and okay. uh, it was just a struggle because I really – I didn't have a good practice at all. And I went to an area that I'm not familiar with, but I did drive through there the day before, and I found a bunch of rocks, and there was just a lot of docks and stuff. And uh, it looked like more water that I'm familiar with, you know, with docks and, and a little bit of water clarity. I mean, it was four to five foot visibility. It was, a, it was a clearer than what I wanted, but – there was no way to get in between there that midsection that uh with the dirty water meeting the clear water okay yeah no. so um i ended up uh getting my first bite saturday on a shaky head off a dock that was a it was an isolated dock which is really good i mean when you find a dock that's on the main, it was a main creek off the lake, which this lake is huge. It's giant. And uh, so the, the dock was probably in about, the end of the dock was in about 13 or 14 foot of water. But um, the deal is with most of these docks on this lake, I think 95% of them was floating docks. Because I think, the, I guess the water must fluctuate during the winter. I mean, mm -hmm. it was that summer pool when we were there. Okay. But I, it, it must fluctuate some. So, but all the docks had post near the closer to the bank. So um, that's where I ended up catching my first fish was around the post. I had a walkway in a big square, um, probably about a ten by ten size area, and uh, you know I skipped my shaky head up under there and and caught the first one. And it was a real good. It was a seventeen inch fish, which is quality. And, um, but what was crazy is I broke my rod on the first <laughs> hook set. Yeah. And, um, I got the rod right here, man. It's just, uh, yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Yeah. It just snapped, man. 
So I got the fish in, and then um, this actually isn't my normal shaky head rod. Um, I just uh, thought that they would eat more crankbaits, you know, before I got down there. And right. I really tried hard to make that work. And um, it just didn't work. And then once you get bit on something, you better, you know, try, you know, roll with it. So I had a shad rat on the rod that I normally throw a shaky head on, which on a shaky head, I prefer a medium, um, a seven foot medium. Okay. If I'm skipping docks like that, I mean, a six, six is probably better out of a kayak is just, it's easier to skip a shorter rod. And, um, but anyhow, my six, six broke <laughs> and I tied it on to my seven foot medium. Um, but I ended up, I didn't realize I had 10 pound line on it. I always okay. use a braid to fluoro leader. Okay. And, um, I always usually use 12 pound sunline. Okay. And I've, I've even used 14 a bunch of times, just, and I use 15 pound braid, 15 to 20 pound braid. Wow. Personally. Okay. That, yeah, that's I mean, heavier it, than what I've heard for a shaky head, but that, I mean, depending on water clarity and stuff, I'm, I'm sure that makes a difference. So, well, back home here, I fish a lot of clear water, and I think a lot of people, I don't know, I think they overthink it, you know? Okay. Personally, I mean, I've had no problems with the 12 pound line all the time. Okay. And if I'm fishing really, really heavy cover, or if I'm fishing like Chickamauga or somewhere that, in Gunnersville, you know, we fish Gunnersville, um, yeah, I'll, I'll use 14 interesting okay but okay i had the 10 pound line on there and wasn't thinking you know i just tied that shaky head on there and actually right. caught another fish on the other side of that dock so i've got two fish you know and i hadn't had a bite in three hours you know right. so now i got two fish and i'm like all right i'm on to something so i trolled around the point is a, a main point in that creek and uh there was a just a pocket there with some docks lined up and the second dock I come to, probably not 20 minutes later, I catch a 16, which is another quality fish. And uh, I ended up having a limit there and probably probably another hour I had a limit. It just, I, I just couldn't cool up on Saturday. That was, I think I had seven or eight bites and that was it. Okay. And I, and I ended up getting seven fish in a boat, you know. But uh, when a lot of people blank, that's, that's, you had, to, yeah, at that yeah, point, did you, right. And they, had it you... was the key was too, is getting it in the shade. I was, you know, with the kayak, instead of fishing the front of the dock, I would actually go to the bank or, you know, on the other side of it and cast where other people wasn't casting. And, and plus the way them walkways was, I don't think a lot of boats was hitting them walkways. You know, they just kind of fished the front of it or maybe make a long cast trying to get up under there, but they don't go in between the docks and do what I was doing. The uh, kayak is very maneuverable, and um, with a torpedo on my 12-foot Titan, my native Titan, I was able to cover a lot of docks like that. Okay. And then after a while, I, I could look at the docks, and I was actually skipping docks if it didn't look right for me. If it didn't have enough shade up under um, then I didn't even fool with it. I know you mentioned that there's a lot of floating docks. Um... Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. 
At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. When uh, I fished uh, Deep Creek Lake in Maryland, and they had a lot of floating docks, but they were the docks that kind of, it's mostly barrels, you know, and it's kind of hard to skip under. Um, But uh, so would you just go back and target the walkways or they weren't those kind of floating uh, docks? Yeah. Um, that was, they didn't have barrels. They had the, the black plastic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're actually made for the docks deal, but, um, yeah, that them kind of docks, you, you have a, like a small crack, you know, in a couple areas, if you're really good at skip, I mean, I've put the bait in there a few times, but I never did in two days of fishing. I caught one fish in front of a dock. Okay. But I made pass to everyone I come to. I would make a cast <laughs> there and still be using my motor. I'd make a cast and use my motor as I'm going to the inside. But on the inside of the floating dock, where the only way you could cast if you was towards the bank casting to it, yep. um, is where I caught a lot of fish. I caught a lot of fish there. And then if it had poles in at least four or five foot of water, now, some of them was deeper, but um, I didn't didn't fool with much of them in the very backs. Some of the areas was really shallow flats, and I fished some of it, but I just never had no luck. It seemed like, and the creek I chose, I mean, I don't even know the name of it, actually, um, but um, it had steeper banks. It was like back home. I fished Smith Mountain Lake some, and uh, you'll have a steep bank and a flat bank, you know. Right. And, um the deal was, was the shade, um, and getting your, like for some, I mean, I threw a, uh, Cinco some and they didn't want a Cinco. Hmm. They just wanted that shaky head on the bottom. And, um, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you just pick up your shaky head, you know, and and move it. Um, but this deal was you cast it up under and I'd leave it slack line, let it float, you know, fall straight to the bottom. And then I would sit there and wiggle my line, but you're actually not moving the bait. You know what I'm saying? You're just imparting action. Yeah, yeah. And so the worm's just shaking down there. Right. And I and I always use a zoom trick worm. I mean, or, or yum finesse worm. They're they're all kind of the same. You know, a six six and a half inch finesse worm. Okay. Um, so which, a lot of people, you know. I used to hate a shaky head on my home lake because when I used to fish bass boat tournaments, everybody threw a shaky head. So I'm the kind of person is everybody's throwing it. I don't want to throw it. It just, I want to do something a little different. Right. Um, but, but everybody back home here would throw a four inch worm, you know, real small. Cause it was just, if you got five keepers, you got to check. It was really tough fishing. <laughs> um, but now I've gotten the hang of just throwing the, bigger worm six and a half seven inch worm and a um, zoom uh, mag shaky worm it's also really really good okay and, and I, it, I think you mentioned you use a, a slightly larger uh shaky head than some people would uh, a hook anyway on your shaky head yeah, so. it's the hook. here's the shaky head that i use if you can see it but it's got a a five odd hook in it which is unusual 
And but I always throw like 95% of the time I throw an eighth ounce. And two, um, the way this shaky head is made, the uh, eyelids uh, crossways like this, and mm -hmm. it probably gets hung up and brushed a little bit more than if it was uh, more if it was turned like the hook was. Yep. But um, I think you know, and it's got this flat. It's got a flat spot here. But like when I barely pull on it, it it raises up like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I tap it with the long worm, it'll be out here, you know, just barely flicking. And and then when the fish picked it up this weekend, uh, they just picked it up and didn't move. I mean, so they were really, really finicky. So and, the only uh, way you knew they I were mean, there I, is to just pick up on it a little bit. And then if you felt anything, then that's when you set the hook or uh, watching for line movement or. No, I always felt them. I don't, okay. I don't do line movement. I always feel you know, when I get the ready to move the bait and actually pull it, you know, you just lift up and start to pull. And then you can kind of tell if a fish has got it. Um, but uh, I did lose several fish because I, I think it was just a finicky biting because um, I, I had one just nibble like a bluegill. You know how a bluegill would tap, tap, tap. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just it was nice weather Saturday and Sunday. I think Saturday started out at 45 in the morning, but it got up to 75, Wow! you know, afternoon, you know, it was afternoon before it warmed up. Right. And, um, you never, I never caught a non keeper. I mean, I actually, the smallest fish that I put on the, put on the board was 13 and three quarters. Okay. You know, and I'm finesse fishing and a lot of people's like, you know, you're finesse fishing. You're just, you're dink fishing. You know what I'm saying? Right. But actually, I've won a, I've won a lot of money on that shaky head. Um, at the, they have a the big bass tour deal. Mm -hmm. um, it was Oakley at one time. They just different sponsors, but um, it comes to Smith Mountain Lake every year. And out of two years, I done it back to back years. I cashed four checks, and three of them was on shaky head. Okay. So. You know what I'm saying? I was, I mean, I still caught really big fish, and out of all them fish, they were all over four and a half pounds. I mean, so yeah, yeah, no, I, little fish. My co-host is definitely the power fisherman between the two of us. I'm the more of the finesse guy, so yeah, that's kind of why when he uh, isn't always here, then you know I've been focusing on you know guests and finesse techniques because that's a little bit more of my comfort zone. Um, whereas he's more of kind of on the power end and will fish finesse if he has to, but, uh, you know, he, he generally, uh, leans towards the power fishing end of it. But would you say that you are more of a finesse guy or a power guy and then go to finesse when you have to? Um, I'm into whatever they want to buy. Okay. I really am. I had 12 rods. I had 12 rods. Both oh, wow. Times. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have a lot more tackle you know, on board than most people and they do get in the way, but I know that, but I like the idea of something crosses my mind. I got to try it for a few casts and get it out of the way. A lot of times, uh, like Sunday, I didn't even use half my rods. I don't guess, but, um, I caught a, I caught a 19 early. I knew where a, a brush pile was and I caught a 19. I fished the brush pile. I started on that brush pile the first day and didn't get bit and it was just a perfect place 
And um, the second day I started on it, and um, I was working the brush pile and nothing. I mean, I threw a jerk bait over top of it. I threw a spinner bait in there, and it was really good spinner bait and jerk bait weather. I mean, it was kind of foggy and, and stuff, you know, not a mm-hmm. real bright sun, you know, early. Right. And and the fish just wasn't chasing bait. You know, I couldn't get no moving bait, chatter bait. The stealth blade, I've, I've done really well with the stealth blade. Interesting. I haven't heard uh, too much about that one yet. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's it's not got out, but I'm into whatever's new, I'll try it. And at Gunnersville, the national championship, I the first day I blew it, you know, it, like you can't win it the first day, but you can like, you know, lose it. And I had a deep, I mean, I had a limit. It was 70 some low 70s. But what I was planning on, I was hoping to get 80 inches. I wasn't on the winning fish, you know, practice. I caught fish, but I never did catch anything big in practice. But I caught a lot of 16s, 16 ish. And I was hoping I could get 80. And I was catching them all on a stealth blade. Um, okay. Just because Gunnersville. I mean, how many chatterbaits has Gunnersville probably seen? Right. You know, ripless, ripless crankbaits and stuff, you know, around the grass. But that, having something a little different, like a stealth blade, it's just uh, half the vibration, I guess, of a chatterbait. Okay. Um, but, and it's still a key to put a different, uh, the trailers is a big key, I think. But anyway, I did really well with, you know, the first day I struggled, but that's what I did well in practice. And then I moved to my better spot. Uh, day two and three, and I was, I got like 80 inches on day two, and then day three, I had one of the biggest bags. I had like 87 something. Hmm. It was fun. Yeah. But but awesome. I finished first first one out of the money. I actually tied for the wow. last check. He beat me by tiebreaker. Ah, that stinks. But, um, but still, that's yeah. a pretty good showing. So. Um, yeah, so- I, I I just think that like. Um, a lot of times if you, uh, you know, they, they'll eat a chatterbait and stuff at them lakes, you know, and they just see a lot of them. But if you stone something just a little bit different, you know, and I guess, you know, this, this stealth blade might not get out to be very popular like a jackhammer. I mean, the jackhammer right now is one of the most popular baits out there. Right. And actually, I don't think a whole lot of guys done that well. You know, not very many people caught a lot of fish at Murray, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But it was good-looking water, and in the time of year, you think it should work. But it just uh, didn't work for me. Anything moving didn't work for me. And and, and, and what for some you... reason, they had a lot, of, uh, a lot of slime, like that green, nasty slime it gets in yep. all the rivers. Mm-hmm. They had that down there on their lake, and anything in the water, like, tree branches and stuff had slime on it so you couldn't take a crankbait around riprap you know it would it get would slime gather on it. that yep. yep yeah 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 so yeah that made it tough like far as moving baits and stuff okay and that's is it, did you start out with thinking you were going to throw a shaky head or you saw something particular that no, made you shaky, think head, was... shaky head's my go-to i've caught more fish on a shaky head than anything okay. it's kind of my go-to if they're not doing anything else Gotcha. But no, I mean, cranking was my thing. I really thought cranking was going to be the deal. But um, because of reaction strike, I was really thinking it was more that they were 
be uh, not really active, but like a crankbait, a crankbait's a little different, I think, than a chatterbait or, you know, as far as our spinnerbait. Like, they're really feeding is when they'll eat a spinnerbait or a chatterbait. But but a, a crankbait will actually get more of a reaction, you okay. know? Yeah. Because here at home, we have a lot of small waters. And we like when we do a monthly, there's only one lake that actually wins every month in West Virginia. <laughs> and it's uh, maybe 200 acres. And this okay. past year with COVID and stuff, it got hammered. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely insane. Yep. It was, I'm never, it's unbelievable. It looked like a pay lake, like a catfish <laughs> tournament pay lake or something. But I still caught fish there, just more using reaction baits that no other, you know, other people wasn't using. Right, right. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Now, do you uh, tend to shoot shallow? I know you said, you know, you like the springtime because that's when they move up shallow and, you you know, you feel a little more comfortable yeah. with that. I, um, I prefer shallow, but... um. With a shaky head is is really uh is structure fishing, you know, like even a dock's actually structure, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, yep. and you can really think, you know, every dock almost has a fish in it, you know. Where you would I would think that in my head that's you know, confidence is a key in fishing. And then like Sunday, I kind of got really confident. It was nine thirty before I got my second bite. I had a nineteen at seven. And then it was 9.30 before I got my second bite. I went around. The key was like um, I started where the sun would be shining. Like it would be on the north side mm -hmm. bank of the box. And I caught a 19. Of course, the sun wasn't up yet. But I went around the main point and I started fishing the south side bank, which it was that steep sided bank. But it was a long ways. It was like a half mile and there was like, 30 docks down through her, you know what I'm saying? And it looked really good. Right. But only one dock actually had good brush on it. Um, but anyway, I've never seen that before. I've I never been there before. I fished uh, the same ramp, but I fished the other side of the creek just because I kind of thought I didn't leave anything on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not that I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fish still under the docks over there, but I just said I will fish these docks on this side of the creek second day. Right. Well, what I realized was halfway through the morning, you know, 930, I was at the about the end of that section and I caught the, this. This fish was on the front of the dock and probably about 15 foot of water. It was a deep dock and it was just a 14 inch or 14 something. But then, you know, I got to realize and I was like, none of these docks has got shade on them yet. And the sun just had come out. You know, the sun was out nine and the other side of that bay had the sun on and I said let me go try them docks well I did and then a bass boat they had a big tournament down there and anyway they were doing the same thing I was doing they were fishing docks too so we was kind of sharing water and they caught one behind me 
and they were throwing a, a drop shot. Okay. And um, anyhow, I caught a couple on that bank, you know, that the sun was hitting. But there was only a few docks there. So, you know, I had to go around to the net around that point, And the next side was a shady side again. Well, then I don't get bit for another hour. So, you know, it's all registering. You know, I got to be where the sunlight is. And the more sunlight has more shade. And it positions the fish right, you know, in a smaller area. And then where they wasn't moving, you know, much to grab a bait. You know, well, you know, if you know they're in a small area there and you cast it there and leave your bait and sitting there shaking it, you're kind of teasing them, you know. And, right. Because uh, the wind got up 15, 20 mile an hour. It got okay. rough. Okay. And um, I was actually on the last set of docks on that side of the creek. And I had needed one more fish. And I I got into a bad section there where um, I told you earlier I had 10 pound line mm-hmm. on, on that pole. And I'd forgot about it being 10 pound line until I ended up breaking, breaking one off. And then I just didn't think nothing of it. Retied, you know, another shaky head on and was using it. And, um, I lost a couple others cause there was a, um, where the poles was, there was cross members, you know, wooden cross members. Oh yeah. And all yep. these, that lake's an older lake. So all these docks were older. So all these wooden cross members had a lot of rugged wood. So what was happening is my line was digging into that wood while they were going the opposite direction. Okay. And it seemed like every fish, almost every fish I caught was like females for some reason. They were all fat. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, you don't know if they're all females or not, but right. they were all fat. They all had look, and a lot of them looked like they were ready to bust. I mean, they were ready to, you know, drop eggs or something, you know. Right. I don't, I don't think they were that ready to spawn yet, but they were just healthy fish. But, um, I realized when the wind got up and I was in that pocket and it was, it was about a 14 inch fish I'd hooked and it broke my line around one of them poles. And that would have been my fifth keeper. I said, you dummy. I said, you got that stupid 10 pound line on where you was cranking with that pole. So I just had learned the FG knot. I've always used the Alberto knot just because mm-hmm. it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I tried the FG a few times and man, I just couldn't get it, you know, but this off season, I, I, I made up my mind and I got it figured out. And it took me about 10 minutes on the water to tie it the first time on the water, you know, without doing a video and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, it was a good knot and all that. And uh, I put 12 pound line back on there. You know, they wasn't, man, they wasn't very many docks left. And um, I didn't, I had a chip for my, my fish finder, but I didn't have it with me. Like a dumb dumb, I ended up me- messing up. <laughs> so I had to look at my phone to, you know, to know if there's any more docks on this side of the creek and all this kind of stuff. Well, I only had a few docks left. And so I spent about, 20 minutes on this one dock because I knew it had a fish under there, but the wind was 15 or 20 mile an hour. And um, I got a bite like, I think that was one of the reasons I stayed so long too. I got a nibble when I first got there and then the waves were so big, you could not skip. I mean, it was insane. And then my torpedo got tangled in some carpet. It was just awful mess. Oh man. Yeah. And um, you know, you ain't got a limit 
and you're you know what I'm saying. It's just you're so close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And losing fish, and then so anyway, I put my time in there, and I got my fifth keeper, and uh, I said, you know, got no more docks. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's all you got. And I said, I was about straight across from where I finished up the day before. Just this creek was on, you know, it's literally a half mile wide. I mean, that's how big it was. It was huge. okay. Wow. And it was one o'clock, and I. I mean, this was a good deal. Like the check-in was four thirty, and the last cast on the tournament was two thirty. So I had two hours to make it to check-in, and I was roughly forty-five minutes away from check-in. Okay. So I took a chance and went the opposite direction of the truck across the creek. Took me twenty-five minutes to get across there, like four mile an hour. And dude, I mean, the the natives they have a. Um, their scupper plugs are really big. You know, every kayak's designed a little different stuff. Right. And, um, man, they, dude, it was 15, 20 mile hour winds. I was going right into it. And uh, the other side, too, see, the way the wind was blowing, it was more protected, too. You know, once I got to the other side, I wouldn't have to deal with that. But um, a few times I had to stop going across and, and drain my scupper plugs. I mean, that's how much water was coming in. It was crazy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. But, um, I got to the other side. It was like 125, and I, I haven't looked at my timestamps, but within 15 minutes there, I pulled up twice, six over six inches, I think, cool. And, the and spot just you like, were working the day yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And wow. uh, yeah, because I, I when I went across, I still wasn't exactly sure, you know, if I'd fished these docks, and then I happened to look at one, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember. And it was crazy. It was back-to-back docks. I caught a 18 and three-quarters and a 17 or something. Wow. Which And they were really healthy fish. And um, I knew I was close to a dock that I had a bite on the day before. And, you know, it was just more like a nibble, and I never got a hook in it. Mm-hmm. So I went to that dock real fast and uh, caught two fish there. The first one was probably the fall- smallest fish I caught all weekend. It was probably 12 and a half or 13. I mean, I just took it off and threw it back because it didn't help. And uh, I tossed back up under there, and uh, I caught a 15, which it didn't help at the time. But, um, you know, I knew I was, you know, you, you get all that confidence when you're, when I could look at these certain docks that had all these poles and the more shade, I would just go driving by other docks. You know what I'm saying? Looking for right. the right dock. Right. Um, so when you, I bailed out of there and I knew there was another dock that I'd messed up on the day before. And I think I do that a lot with my bass boat. I, I do way better on my kayak than a bass boat because the bass boat, I got a 36 volt trolling motor and I'm wide open. And half the time, you know, there's a fish in this area and here I come and I'm probably scared. Right yeah. By and I get too close, and then I'm backing up and all that and scare them. And for some reason, I mean, a lot of people might complain about that torpedo being loud, but the fish doesn't, I don't know the deal. It is loud to us, but the fish doesn't, doesn't bother them as bad as what I've noticed, like my bass boat trolling motor. You know, my bass mm-hmm. boat trolling motor scares the fire out of them. Interesting. But the torpedo, I, I don't know. I, I've, Actually, 
the first day I was on like half throttle and cast over into a tree and caught my last keeper. And I mean, I'm driving right by the tree and all of a sudden I get a bite and set the hook. And I mean, I'm fighting it right by the kayak and I'm like, you know, got to, you know, put it in neutral, back, yeah. the, you know, get the fish out of the tree. You know, it was kind of stuck in there and I was already drove by it. Um, I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, it doesn't scare him as bad, but I got to that last dock at 2:23, and made one cast and got a bite and I set the hook and I had him hooked for uh, probably three seconds. I mean, I don't know how big it was, but um, it was wrapped around the board, one of the cross member boards. And I just, only thing you can do is just keep tension on it, you know, and hope they swim back. Right. And I just had tension on it and it just, actually, you know, come loose, and then the shaky head sticks right in the board, and next thing you know, i got to go over there and get it out so the docks, you know, blowed out. And the tournament was over for me then, you know. I mean, time right. was up. And I had – it was actually 35 minutes from there to the truck or something. Okay. Yeah. So then you just had to kind of sit and wait and see what else was going to roll in while you knew what you had, but, you know, you're never yeah. sure what everybody else has. Yeah, three thirty. They gave us the three thirty to load fish. I mean, it didn't. Once you you have a good day like that on the water, I mean, I knew I was close to second. I was only like an inch out of second. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I felt like I had thirty minutes left, and I could have went back, you know, a few more docks up, you know, maybe quarter mile up. If I had thirty more minutes left, I could have probably cooled up. I felt I could, but you know, you never know. That's but a good time of the day to ever. You got 86 inches, somebody beat you, and it's, it is what yeah. it is. You know? Right, right. You you've, had a good day. you've had a good day, right. But that's and not Cody, a bad time of day to be culling fish either. So, no, know. and you got to give a shout out to Cody. I mean, Cody had, it was, he had 94 inches up at like nine o'clock at morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 92 and three quarters won the day before, and you're like, Dag on Cody, come on, you know. And uh, but congratulations to him. And then I never knew until the next. I heard Chad at the awards, you know, saying that was the biggest. And I didn't know he'd had over 102 inches. I didn't know he called up again. That was that was pretty much insane. Crazy. I mean, you dream of that, you know. Oh yeah, that's the you know the days that you you hope to have, and when it lines up, when the stars align, and you get that day on tournament day, that's you know, that's how yeah. you end up doing well. So, and here's the worms. I actually, I mean, green pumpkin is my go-to, which I still got them all in the truck. But um, the Zoom trick worm, man, this is a watermelon red. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Pink, watermelon Pink, fan. Pink. I, I love watermelon as a color, man. That is killer up by me too. I'm a big green pumpkin. I'm all green pumpkin. Okay. But but the key is too with these shaky heads, you know that this this is a little pointy, you know, in a factory. And you take it and bite a little piece off, you know, and just make it. I can't. Where's the dang on camera? At? <laughs> there it is. There you go. Yeah, I think it's weird, but anyway. Uh, you know, it's flat up here. So whenever you got the screw lock, you know, in that flat, it's easier to get it started on there. This has got paint on it. This thing's brand new here. But like a lot of people don't like these screw locks, but 
I mean, Kate, I don't know if you know Casey Reed, but he's mm -hmm. a big shaky head fisherman too. Okay. And he is doing very well. But um, screw it up on there. Then you, key is getting the worm straight. You know what I'm saying? You want the thing straight, so right there. You pretty much straighten it. I always tuck it up. Expose it. Yep. Yeah, pretty much like that. Okay. But you want it, you want it like, you know, straight. And the zoom here, it doesn't float up. You know, um, I really want to try like some Z-Man, you know, that, that floats. Because actually my uh, my next to go to, and it's actually considered, I guess, a shaky head would be the uh, the big TRD, mm -hmm. you know, the four-inch TRD. Yep. And um, a Picasso, which I meant to have it here, but I didn't bring it. But um, Picasso makes a horse head. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I've heard of Picasso. I don't know that I've heard of the horse head though. Um, yeah, I wish I'd have brought it in here. But anyway, um, the uh, Z-Man don't go up on these screw locks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yep. You're going to have to go up on a, the shank here, you know, some kind of head that's got the shank. But the Z-Man will actually float. So, like, while this worm, I mean, I, I mean I've, I've studied it, and, you know, it doesn't actually float up too much. You know, it's actually, the hook is actually laying on the bottom, but if you pull on it, it'll actually come up. But but while you, if you cast and leave a slack line, it'll all come down like this mm -hmm. and be setting maybe a couple inches off the bottom. But okay. the key is I'll sit there and shake it, and that little tail, you know, the tail just, just sits there and barely moves a little bit while I'm sitting there shaking it. They just yeah, you're not handle. trying to move the bait on the bottom. You're no, just no, trying no, no. Because the, uh, the bite area is really small. and right. And – a lot of times, like even during a spawn, when you can't see the fish, but you know they're spawning in an area. Um, I've had a time in a tournament one time where I had a big fish come chasing my bait, you know, and I knew it was on a bed, you know what I'm saying? I knew mm -hmm. it went back there, but it was no visibility. And this was, this was crazy. It was the last cast of the day. I was fishing on my buddy's boat, and we have to go. And I kept throwing a shaky head over in there, you know, and I just kept shaking it like that. Cause I knew it was like within a two foot area about where that bed was. Okay. And um, anyway, it was big fish of the tournament. Like she bites and he's done lifted the trolling motor up <laughs> and he, he, his eyes was big. I said, I got her. And he's like, like what? And I'm just like, dude, get the net. I got her. And um, she had bit, you know, and it, it weighed almost four pounds. Wow. And we, we won big fish. Awesome. And, yeah. It's, but, these little, I mean, I think they're really underutilized. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people just consider it finesse, you know, and there's a lot of people say, I ain't using no fairy wand. And, you know, I don't care. I have I've the same way. I've heard yeah. it a million times, but uh, I will, I will not give up my finesse game because that's what works for me. So Yeah. And a Ned rig, a Ned rig will catch big fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've won big fish in our local club tournament several times off of Ned Rig. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah, and uh, actually, that's 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 a bait back home here that I use a whole lot, but I get aggravated to pick it up because you'll catch so many fish off from it. I right. mean, you'll you'll catch fish all day. It's like every other cast you get a bite, but then you know the big ones are far and few between. But right. there's times when it will, and um. It's really good, and it's considered, you know, just a miniature shaky head, really, an Edric. Mm -hmm. 
It's just a lead head with a little worm stands up. Now, uh, when you're fishing wind, like you were talking about, how do you keep it in one spot with the wind? Like, you know, is that, is that a struggle? I know when I throw lighter presentations in wind like that, uh, I have a lot of trouble, you know, a keeping it where it is and then also not having a huge bow in my line. So I actually know when I'm getting a bite. What, what do you kind of do for that? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, that was a, that was a key too where I fished at one dock for a while when the wind was really cuz that wind was really bad for maybe 45 minutes or a little longer, but okay. I, I faced the kayak in the wind the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I faced the kayak in the wind. And I was on the back side of the dock. You know, the the wind was hitting the front side of the dock, and I was on the back side of it. Okay. And skipping it up under the And I was uh I was fortunate enough that a lot of these docks the on the wooden poles, they were actually two foot of air in between the water and the dock. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you didn't really have to skip it. You could get a little air up under it to get up under it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? You yep. could not skip with that wind like that because the water's got to be kind of flat for you to actually skip any kind of bait. Right. If it's going to hit a wave, it's going to die right there every time. So. Yeah. But um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and, and a lot of, I mean, now I'm doing the Bash University thing, you know, and you're always learning. That's the thing about fishing. I mean, even though I've done it for a long, long time, I'm always learning. And uh, thrift, I mean, it's, it's nice to know when you hear somebody like Thrift doing the same thing that you've been doing and you didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, Thrift also has some videos out um, about the shaky head and how much he uses it and how much, you know, he's won a lot of money on it. And uh, Brian New, I don't know if you heard of Brian New, but he just won the Elite Series. And he was like the co-angler. I mean, dude, he was awesome co-angler for years. Like 10 years, he was the best co-angler on the tour. I mean, he was, he would actually have more weight than most boaters. Right. But, and he will tell you, I mean, most of his fish come on shaky head. I think yeah. when you're a co-angler, you're fishing from the back of the boat. A lot of times that is, uh, you know, when maybe, you know, you're doing something slightly different than the, you know, the guy up front, that's, that might be a good go-to presentation. Yeah. And, and the thing is like a lot of guys, you know, they're looking for that big bite. You know, they want to throw a jig, you know, all day and get five big bites, which, you know, in reality, that's nice, wishful thinking. And I love a jig and I catch fish on a jig, 
uh, but not all the time. The jig always produces the biggest fish, you know, right. for me. Um, I mean, it does. I mean, at times, you know, you catch bigger fish on it, but um, the key is with this kayak fishing, you know, in, in a tournament is uh, you got to have five keepers. Right. Pretty much you got to have five if you want to cash a check. And, uh, you know, if you was in a boat, you know, a weigh tournament, you know, with weight, you can mm -hmm. have three five pounders and have 15 pounds, still get a check. Right. But you can have three 20 inchers and get a check. You know, with a five bass limit. Yeah. I mean, unless they're not biting, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be there's, several. There's a time in place, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the, one one of my big deals is is getting five fish. You know, I get five fish, and then you you actually fish better. You know what I'm saying? You fish more relaxed. Right. And because uh, I mean, Sunday I could have easily spun out because I I lost three fish. And broke two off, you know, and that's pretty. That's a pretty rough day, you know. But I ended up catching, I think, nine keepers that day. So, you know, that and all in all, that's a good day when you consider nine thirty only had two bites by nine thirty. Right, right. And, and when you look at the rest of the field and see what they did. Yeah, I figured out the sun deal, like the the north banks with the docks had more sun. And them docks just produced a lot better than the south side because the south side had more shade on them. Like even on the, um, a couple of them, like I said, that one bank had a real steep bank, you know, it was mm -hmm. shady the whole time. The next, next one around, it was actually a flat bank, but the deal was I ended up catching two on that bank, but um, it still had pine trees. You know what I'm saying? With shade. And it made, yep. It just made more shade on that bank, right. and it didn't position the fish as well. But there was a, there was there was only like four or five docks there, but there were two really good ones, and I caught a dock on each one, or caught a fish off each one. Well, it's got to be a good feeling too when you actually you know figure out the puzzle. We we've talked about this before on our show. You know, when you when you put things together, you know, when you catch one and you know you're able to say you know or catch maybe one or two, and then you're able to say what do these have in common? You know, what's working. And then actually put together a pattern and and be successful using that. I mean, that's that's got to be a good feeling too. You know, to you know, you, you figured them out. You know, you figured out the puzzle and and you were able to roll with it. And you know, that's got to yeah. be you know rewarding. See that bass boat had figured out the puzzle too, and they were running. You know, I'd go around to the next pocket, and they'd run around to the next pocket. And we were, <laughs> we was all on the frogging each other. Yeah. And like I'm like, man, I can't pick up and go like y'all can. You know what I'm saying? And um, uh, but but they caught two or three fish right near me. But they caught them on a drop shot. So actually, I I held a drop shot for you know I cast it the second most on Sunday. I mean I I fished it quite a bit actually. And then not never got a nibble. Never got a nibble. Hmm. Hmm. But I seen them every time, you know, I'd see them, they were running, getting a net and I'm just shaking my head, you know what I'm saying? And they were fishing the front of the docks. I'm pretty sure I'm not hundred percent, but they never went in between the docks like I was. Okay. So, you knew going, even going in behind them, there might, there'd be places where you could go yes. that they, they weren't throwing. So. Yeah. And the, the day before when I went in behind, there was a couple other kayakers 
and they had fished that one bank and I was like, you know, you're fishing behind somebody. And you're like, ah. and I went in there and I just looked at the one dock and I said, I'm going to go try that one dock. And even though he just had fished it, I mean, he just had fished it like 15, 20 minutes ago. And I went straight under there and I skipped it way up under there. And, um, and, and it was a seven, I think it was my biggest one Saturday. It was 17 quarter or something. That's always a good feeling too. When you go and follow someone and catch the fish that they missed. So. Yeah. And then you you meet them back at the ramp and they, they had an awful day and didn't catch anything. And then you're, you're trying to load up to get to the meeting and they're like, what'd you do? And I said, uh, I'm like, I was like 10th or 11th, you know, before, because you had to three thirty to load your right. fish. Yeah. So it gave you time to do, which is really nice because there's times when the schedules have been a lot tighter, you know, and it's kind of dangerous. You're trying to load up and then drive 80 mile an hour to a check-in and, you know, <laughs> while submitting your fish on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I always, if I got service, I try to, I, I like to not, um, not sandbag, you know, yeah, you, you can control your variables, you know, and I, I like to get rid of it, you know, cause right. I, I got a bad memory. I'll forget about it. Right. Or you never yeah. know when something dumb might happen that you just end up not having signal or, you know. Yeah. And our business. clubs, like our clubs around here, they didn't use Tourney X. And, and Tourney X with that live well feature is awesome when you don't right. have cell service. Mm -hmm. And and we'll fish these rivers locally around here. And you'll have 50 fish days. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it's, oh, man, it's so aggravating. You know, you got to go through 25, 30 fish, and you're, you're like 11 and a half, 11 and three quarters. I think, you know, you think you got five or six over 12 inches for today, and you're trying to find them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I know exactly uh, what you a, mean. But um, I think we got all our uh, local guys now on Tourney X. So that's a good deal. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We, uh, for our uh, monthly noobs tournament that we run, we we run through Tourney X, so I've I've used it quite a bit, and I agree, it's there's there's definitely some cool things about it. it. Makes makes weeding through instead of having to you know try and dig through all your pictures and figure out you know what's what and which you know which ones you want to submit and send. You know, it definitely makes it super easy. So, well, we are getting on near an hour here, so. Um, I guess we could probably start to wrap it up. Um, uh, do you have any uh, sponsors or anything you want to shout out to? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Fishing Online. And, um, man, they've they, they believed in me since I've started this kayak fishing. And, and they support a lot of local. You know, you said you're from Pennsylvania. Uh, they're actually they in are, Pennsylvania. Yep, they're, and they're a big sponsor of my yeah. local club, uh, Kayak Anglers. So. Uh, yeah. definitely i'm and super they, familiar they, with them they sponsor all our our local clubs also and um dakota lithium batteries i mean i got on board with them last year cool. and um you know 11 year warranty they got the best battery and they they support the kayak fishing you know and a native uh watercraft uh i've been in a native now for uh it's the only boat i've ever owned <laughs> Actually, oh, so, before uh, we, we stop too, Dan told me I had to ask you about your goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I have fed a, him today. He's something. Yeah. You have a one-horned goat, is that correct? 
Yes, and he he's mean. He, I don't think a girlfriend would cure him. He's a uh, he's something else. Yeah, Damn my neighbors uh, gave it to me, and I see why they gave gift. it to me. <laughs> yeah, they got kids, and they thought, y'all, we'll get us a goat for the kids and stuff. And yeah, they're like, hey, you want this goat? And actually, I, I owned uh, I owned some property, and it's uh, it's a little hard to take care of, you know, with tractor and stuff. So I said, yeah, I'll get a goat, like a brush hog. I used to have goats. I used to have like eight or nine. Okay. And, uh, so now I just got the one horn goat that's meaner and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, it's been awesome having you on the Noob Show. Um, you know, we'll definitely have to have you back again sometime and go over some more of uh, your tips and tricks because it was awesome having you teach us about uh, shaky head fishing. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, uh, something else I do too, I always dip my worm. I mean, okay. I don't know. To me, I mean, I love the dip and die. To me, it makes a difference. I mean, it's something, I guess, up here in your head, you know. But um, it does seem to make a difference to me. And I have noticed in the springtime, and plus when them fish are finicky, you know, and you know there's a fish up under and your bait's sitting there, every little bit helps. And, and especially when they're putting it in their mouth and not really eating it. You know, I mean, a lot of times they'll put it in their mouth and not move. You know, if you throw a Senko, they'll swallow, you know, a whole lot. Um, but, um, you know, so the, the garlic scent that's in a dip, man, I mean, I think I think you get a few extra bites. And the that's whole key is, you know, you're getting five bites a day. Right. So if it, if it matters one or two fish during a day, you know, it's a big deal. And I've, I've experimented with that a little bit too, uh, uh, Spike It, you know, I've used. And it's weird because I can have I, – I bought like some yum dingers that were – uh senko style you know with a yes. chartreuse tip but then i also used uh and they're they're green pumpkin with the chartreuse tip but then i also yeah. used uh, a green pumpkin that i just dipped and the dipped ones worked a million times better than the ones that just had a chartreuse tail on them you know so it had to be the scent that that was the difference i there. think it wasn't the scent is huge and it's something that a lot of people don't do i, I have done it in the river and be on a real good jig bite and like they'll, at certain times in the river, and I live like 10 minutes from the new river. Mm-hmm. And at certain times, man, I, I, you can't beat a jig. And um, a lot of times they'll hit it and spit it back out real fast. If they, they're doing that, I can put sin on it. And absolutely, they don't, they don't let go as much. They really don't. They hold on. And I've had some really good days just throwing a jig all day, you know, bait caster, and just power fishing the river. I mean, which is rare. I mean, a lot of guys don't do that. But. Right, right. Well, I live about 15 minutes from the Susquehanna, so I definitely oh, know what fishing the river is like. Um, so definitely uh, some good times I've had out there. But, well, anybody else you want to give a shout out? Any social media or where can people find you or follow you? Um, Instagram. Um, on Facebook, man, I, I've been getting so many requests. It's if I don't know people, I really don't add them much anymore. A lot of times you add these people, they'll send you requests, and you got a lot of people, you know, in common, and then they want to, you know, join this group, or I'm trying to sell this or something. But right. um, Mark Edwards Fishing on Instagram, you know, that's my, my fishing page. Okay. And, and unless you want to give me some money sponsorship, you can send me a 
Facebook request. <laughs> there you go. You know, you got to keep the lines open a little bit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, uh, thanks again, man, for uh, hanging out with me tonight uh, and chatting. Um, it's been a pleasure, and we'll definitely have you back on again if you're cool with that. So, oh, um, I enjoyed it, and thanks for the opportunity. No problem, brother. So, guys, uh, thanks again for listening. This has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fitting Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.